Last year, I was reviewing submissions and came across one from a quadriplegic kid that had nominated his bedroom as a stop. Of course, I rejected the submission, but my friends and I went to his house. Luckily, he lives in the next town over. And introduced ourselves. We asked him and his parents if it would be okay to make a little free library in front of their house. No way. In the right of way. So that many of us could nominate it to possibly become a stop. Oh, this is awesome. Due to his condition, he could not be upright in a wheelchair for extended periods of time. So this couch stop would be very helpful to him. We built and installed the library, and after a year, we finally got it approved. Oh my god. So happy for him. We will now drive by and leave lures for him. That's what I'm talking about right there. Yes, exactly this. Wayspotters need to know about this. This is such a touching story. I wonder if they would be willing to come onto the podcast. I read your story on Wayfair and loved it. I'm actually a host of a podcast for Pokemon Go. I was wondering if you and your friends would be interested in coming onto the show and talking about your experience and what you were able to do for the kid, let me know at your earliest convenience. Welcome to As the Pokeball Turns, where the stories are real and people still play this game. There's a saying that goes, rules are made to be broken. It is often used as an idea that rules can be disregarded or disobeyed. However, it's important to remember that rules exist for a reason. They establish order and give us the ability to live and function as a society in an otherwise chaotic world. When it comes to Wayfair, there are a lot of rules for what is and isn't eligible. In spite of what the Wayfair guidelines say, that didn't stop my guest today from helping a paraplegic child obtain a Pokestop that they could spin from their house. Personally, I felt these guys deserve some spotlight because on one hand, they help someone who has a disability be able to play Pokemon Go. Accessibility has been a criticism many have made about Niantic's games, particularly Pokemon Go. Many speak out about it and these guys used what they knew about Wayfair and did something about it to help another person. On the other hand, they were able to create a house stop which within the Wayfair world is usually frowned upon. My podcast has always been about the stories and this is one story I couldn't pass up when I heard about it. Here is their origin story into the world of Pokemon Go. This is Route 100 Triathlete, Dirt Diver G, and Savelto. Welcome to As the Pokeball Turns, where the stories are real and people still play this game. I'm your host, David Hernandez. Before we dive into today's guest, or guest in this case, if you have any Pokemon Go stories, send them to my email at asthepokeballturnspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's asthepokeballturnspodcast at gmail.com. Your story might be recreated into a skit, or you may be invited onto the show like these three gentlemen were today. Now let's get into it. I'm excited to get into this. 
So if you listen to the intro of the podcast, you know who these guys are. They went out of the way to nominate a stop for a paraplegic trainer. And here they are to tell the story of how it all happened. But let me introduce them all. Guys, why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Thanks for having us, David. My name is Matthew Tovar. I've been playing Pokemon Go since it started and then found a group of guys to play with in our church and been having fun ever since. My name is Jeff, uh, Dirt Diver G. I've been playing like Matt since the very beginning, having a lot of fun and kind of the same story, but I, I started on my own. My name's Rob. I actually started because Dirt Diver needed a friend. <laughs> so I jumped in and been playing pretty heavy since. That's awesome, guys. So we're going to dive into Pokemon Go stuff in a minute, but I'm going to break my tradition for interviews for my audience who knows. I want to know how this all happened. So tell us the rundown about you guys going to this person's house, nominating a stop and everything. Like, just start from the beginning. Yeah, sure, David. All three of us and a few others, we help with that nomination approval through Wayfair. I came across one day a nomination from an individual. It was rather sad. It was from this kid. His nomination was just of his bedroom. And his explanation was, I'm a quadriplegic. I have a hard time getting around. I use a stylus in my mouth to play Pokemon Go. Because of my condition, even when I can get out of the house, I can only be out in a wheelchair for a few hours before needing to come back home. As the rules state in Wayfair, I immediately declined the nomination because you can't have something on private property like that. I took a screenshot of the details, specifically of his location, and I shared it with the group of friends here that we have through our church group that we play Pokemon Go with. We got together and said, oh man, we should try to make a stop for this guy. Jeff had the idea to go introduce himself and get the rundown on his story. Yeah, so I went down, talked to him. We knocked on the door, and I think I met his sister, and, and she's like, what are you trying to do? You know, everyone was kind of like, what, what's going on? And we're just like, you know, we just want to help him out, you know, be nice. And, and he showed up, and we talked about it a little bit, and he was excited. You know, a private property wouldn't make it, but if we built a little library, and this is Matt's idea, build a little library out in the right-of-way, we could actually call that a stop. That would get approved. I like to build things and Rob likes to build things too. And so we kind of got together and said, we'll build you a little library, put it out in front of your house and nominate it for a stop. We ended up recruiting the youth at church to build the little library. <laughs> yeah, we got we got some of the teenagers here at our church to help us out to build it and install it too. Wow, that's awesome. So it was like a church project basically. Yeah. Turned into one for sure. <laughs> it's been pretty fun. And I think once we got it installed, all of us who were of the level high enough nominated it several times. <laughs> Many times um, and appealed it too. And appealed it, yeah, because some of those are hard to get through, especially those little libraries. At least in my submissions, I always put the details of what's going on here. We weren't just trying to get a, a couch stop, is what they call it on the uh, on the forum. We were trying to help out this individual. You know, we got the good news about a month ago. Jeff's submission went through and got approved. Yeah, after after eleven months. After eleven months. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Did y'all just let it go naturally, or was it upgraded or repealed? It was upgraded, submitted. The answer is yes. Yeah, we. So my appeal finally went through. Yeah. Also, uh, Niantic approved it. Yeah, they did. So that's uh, awesome. It was a big deal to get that done, and it happened right after they changed all the rules. So I'm wondering if that was a bit. Okay. (laughs) So it right there. Yeah. Well, first off, I want to say thank you, Niantic, for approving this appeal because that's just amazing just to hear that. But I want to break it down a little bit. So, Matthew, you got the nomination, right? You're the one who saw the nomination the kid was trying to do? That's mm-hmm. right. Yes, saw it first and captured it. Uh, so my question is this. So when y'all read it, 
like, did y'all have any skepticism? Like maybe this person was just making it up or did y'all just kind of knew that this was something that this is legit. This person needs our help. Like, did y'all have a conversation like that? I was actually just telling Jeff this right before we started this podcast when he was saying, oh, do you, you know who this guy is? I'm like, no, but I just assume the best in everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> That's sort of what I did for this submission. It looked really honest and, and sincere. And so, like I mentioned, talked with the guys and Jeff was free that day and went and met him. So it would end up being good. Now, Jeff, you went by yourself. <laughs> I actually had uh, who was in the car with me. My family was in the car with me. I told them to wait out here while I go talk to this guy. <laughs> okay, that's good. At least, you, at least you didn't go by yourself. Yes. Yeah. So I no, I just went, and it was good to meet him. I got his whole story and everything. He'd been in a car accident, and it was something that changed his life quite a bit. And we kind of talked about it. I, I got his friend code right there, and mm-hmm. we joined up. And um, that's awesome. And it was really good to be able to help because a lot of the people in our group our trainers are also like pretty high level. So I was like, everyone go down there and nominate this stuff as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. So we can all just, you know, kind of bombard it and get this one approved for them. (laughs) Wow. So y'all, I guess it sounds like it was multiple nominations from different people who nominated this stop to get it approved. Yeah. Yeah, Day one, I think we dropped three or four. Yeah, I did it. You did. Wow. That's crazy. So Jeff, I want to ask you this. So when you went to meet the guy, what was going through your mind when you met the kid, you know? He was just a good guy. It was, it was nice to meet him. He was super nice. His family was talking about doing the installation. Like we were out there digging and, you know, digging the hole and everything. And his parents come up. They're like, what are you doing? You know, in our front yard, he hadn't told them. But, uh, <laughs> oh my God. but no, everyone, his whole family was super nice. They were super excited and they couldn't believe that we would just show up and do something like we weren't asked to do it. You know, it was all Matt's idea. Like we just did it to help someone out. Yeah, and I think that's the best part because the other thing that I left out was y'all actually go and lure it up whenever you drive by the area now, right? Yeah, you dropped a few lures. I did the other. I did last week actually. Yeah, Uh, whenever we get a chance, we go over there and drop some more lures. What did the parents think of all the work that you're doing to try to just get this kid to stop, just be able to play this game? They were just really excited because it just didn't make sense, I guess. You know, you don't always see that in this world right now, that people will just go out of their way to to go help somebody. But that makes life a lot better for all of us for doing that. So that's kind of why we did it. For sure. And so when you talked to him, like, was he like a huge Pokemon fan? Like, what do you say about that? He'd been playing for a long time. He was level 30 something when I, when we met him. So it's like 41 now. So he, yeah, he caught oh, wow. with us. So yeah. Well, and it's kind of interesting because the way that the game's actually set up, you can't, like, once you have the trainer code, you really don't know who you're talking to, right? And there's no in-game chat or anything. So, like, if we're being honest with each other, you know, you get some in-game codes from Facebook groups or other means where you run into somebody at the park and say, hey, let's jump in together. But you you may or may not ever see him again. So to have kind of that sense of community wrap around somebody like that, his family was a little bit baffled by the entire exchange. (laughs) They were very grateful, though. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people who talk about, you know, think about the people who are disabled. Think about the people who can't play this game. You guys literally went out of your way. I don't know how much of a drive was it to get from point A to point B, but the fact that y'all even spent time building something, nominating, going through eight months, and let finally Niantic, thank you, Niantic, approving a stoplight. Who does that? That's just crazy. Yeah, luckily it worked out. He just one town over and not terribly far from where we live. You know, we didn't think it was too much of a burden to drive over there. And then Rob's mechanical engineer and and Jeff's uh, landscape architect. And I'm electrical engineer, which there's no electrical, but, you know, just... (laughs) 
Oh. Kept, us, kept us from hitting any ground wire. There you go. There, there you, you go. go. There you go. Either that he could install some lights right. into it. Yep. 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 So, uh, I don't know. We just had that tinkering building, like Jeff said, mindset, and then just wanted to help out a fellow Pokemon Go player. Is that what drove you to kind of do what you did just to help somebody out? Yeah, I'd say so. Saw his nomination, felt just impressed to reach out to him and light up his day, and just felt like it was the kind thing to do to reach out to him and spread that joy i guess (laughs) well and for us we've got a pretty good community wrapped around us where we've got a group me that every now and again you'll see a message come out about this raid or that raid Mm -hmm. so we've the big thing for at least for i guess i'll speak for myself is there's a sense of community wrapped around it but when you see an individual where it's more challenging Mm -hmm. to kind of establish that community any opportunity that you can have to give them a little more opportunity to be involved it's always a good thing Without a doubt. And I think the fact that Niantic approved it on appeal, it begs the question, do you feel, because I saw the Matthew's initial post, because you asked about this back in June of 2022 initially, right, Matthew? Yes, you that's made right. Post, you made a post on the Facebook asking like, hey, you're trying to help this person out. You know, you're asking the basic question, like, what's the chances of getting a library passed, you know? Mm-hmm. And some of the, I read the responses and most of them were just like, well, it's technically property per Niantic. But then Niantic approves it. Mm-hmm. And my question is this, from y'all's experience just with doing what y'all just did just now, do you feel like maybe there's some leeway to maybe for trainers like the person you helped that maybe the community as a whole we're not considering? I imagine sometimes we submit those stops and we think it's just some faceless machine in the background of Niantic trying to approve or disapprove, but there must be some human element to it where they consider those stops that might actually benefit the community or benefit a person. That could be very well the case here. I could see that. Well, and it's pretty apparent that their goal, at least as of recently, is to get people out, right, yeah, to, yeah. To, to promote that social element. Mm-hmm. But I think there's, there needs to be certainly exceptions made. In this case, we kind of had to go to him. And so the fact that at least somebody on the other side acknowledged that and realized, now, mind you, there may have been some history there that after the hundredth time of us submitting it, <laughs> I, I exaggerate a little bit, but again, it took, it took 11 months that after, after so long with the history, I think we at least built a story that it said, okay, either somebody is way dedicated to this storyline or <laughs> there may be a legitimate need here. And it's easy to blow them off and say like, oh, this person's just making up. Like I think Matthew said earlier, like it's easy to just think like, oh, they're just trying to do house stuff. They just don't want to go outside. Mm-hmm. They're lazy. You know, you've heard it all, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a legit Oh, we all want a right? couch stop. Let's yeah. not kid ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Guilty. Mine's around the corner. Oh, I got to go outside. <laughs> Darn, I got to go walk a couple steps in this heat or cold, depending on where you live. That's right. But no, like there's a gray area to where trainers who like the kid we're talking about, there's a gray area to where maybe, hey, we can maybe get something done. Maybe it allows us as viewers to really consider, they try to think outside the box like you guys did. Because all y'all did was just literally build a little free library, put it in front of the guy's house. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, you had to wait eight or nine months, but it eventually did happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. Filled it with some books and hope for the best. <laughs> and the library is still used by the neighborhood, so yeah. it was a win-win. Yeah, yeah. he there said the kids go use it, right? Yeah. Well, guys, let's move on to Pokemon Go. Let's talk about your experience with the game real quick. So when did y'all first start playing Pokemon Go? I think my thing says I started the day after it came out. So it's like July 6th of 2016, I think. 
my trainer is route 110 triathlete because okay. I like to do triathlons and in Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald was the first generation where you encountered a triathlete on route 110. So that's what I named myself was route 110 triathlete. I also played Ingress, though, before that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I had some experience with the stops and everything and the experience of Niantic's setup. I had played Ingress, and I think I'm level 8 in Ingress. But once I got Pokemon Go, all my attention went to that. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. What team are you real quick? Oh, uh, I'm Mystic. Mystic, all right. One Blue. for the homies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are all Mystic, too? Yeah, we're yeah. all yeah. So, I love y'all already. We're all mystics here. All right. <laughs> That's my favorite episode now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In our group, it is nice to have a few valor and instinct as well, just to, so we can knock each other off yeah. the gym. Who kicks me out? Yeah, it's been in there for four days. <laughs> exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. This is Jeff. I'm Dirt Diver G. I started playing Ingress also many years ago. I really loved the part where you could go and submit stops. That was really fun just to be able to do that. So I've got quite a few stops that I created back then. I started in July of 16 as well out in California. I got a lot of Pokemon that I don't get here in Texas, (laughs) which was nice back then. I actually put it down for about a good year and a half or so. And then COVID came along and our neighborhood actually didn't have many stops. Mm -hmm. And uh, Matt and I have been working very hard. We've made it. So there's like five gyms in our neighborhood now. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> um, that's but awesome. yeah, we've just been playing a lot. So it's been pretty fun. <laughs> the other reason I play a lot is we've got a group within our church that's got 22 members on our group chat that all do raids and things like that together. So A lot of youth. Yeah. yeah, a lot of youth. Is it all like people who are local in the area or just people who like go to the same church or a combination of both? They were started out local in the area, but now we've got people all over the country once they start moving around and things like that, but everyone stays on. So Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm not near as dedicated as these two. <laughs> this is Rob. My tag is Fiatlo, but I started probably about the same COVID time when I started. Played aggressively to get caught up. I'm sitting right at like 41 now, and that doubling of XP has slowed the gears. <laughs> I was walking in the morning, and I'll play a fair bit then. There was a buddy that I was walking with, and we'd go to a local park and walk in the morning and throw Pokeballs at things. That's kind of how I got into it. And really, what's what's I've got my kids involved now, and it's been fun. Chance to get out with them and relate a little bit. Is it like a family outing whenever you take your kids, basically? Oh, Yeah. It's hard on the battery, though. That mobile hotspot is brutal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You ain't lying there. You're running like four phones off. It's like, it's running slow. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Got four phones on one hotspot. That's a lot. Yeah, it's it's a little rough. Now an older daughter's got one, so we're able to double up on the hotspot, and that eases the pain a little bit. Well, I was going to ask, like, are you at the point to consider giving your kids phones, or is that still too young? So my oldest, we've given a phone, and then usually my wife's pretty good to let her phone come with us. So now we've got three phones with quote-unquote service, and then we've reached out to my in-laws and some others that when they get done with their phones anymore, the turn-in rate is is low enough that they're willing to send them to us, and we just install the game on it and a hotspot cross. Now, you didn't play English before, though, right? No, I didn't. 
Okay, that so is... it's just uh, the other two who played Ingress. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's so awesome because a lot of the stereotypes for Ingress is they're little, I don't want to say hard butts, but you know what I'm talking about. They're very stubborn. <laughs> they don't want to adapt. It's kind of cool that now y'all are breaking all the molds for what people consider people who do Wayfair. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that on the forum or the Facebook group that we're in that seems a, a little polarized between those who play Ingress, those who play Pokemon Go. There's a little friction in the group sometimes with nominations. So I always try to give positive feedback on that group as much <laughs> as I can. <laughs> so what is it about Pokemon Go that keeps y'all engaged? Like, what do you like about the game? So like I mentioned, I, I do a lot of races, like running races or cycling or swimming and stuff. I have a Pokemon Go Plus ball that I use to, uh, I guess, play the game as I train and run. Like this morning, I went a four-mile run and caught a little over 100 Pokemon just by clicking away on the button and spinning stops as I go. And that's really fun. It's sort of like when I finish the run, having a lottery scratch-off ticket. Like, ooh, what did I get in my run? I have no idea. Look <laughs> <laughs> so at it like, oh, I got a shiny! Just randomly, and I'll send it to the group. Like, on my run this morning, I caught a shiny! So that's just kind of fun to motivate me to continue running and training, but also keeping engaged in Pokemon Go, catching, you know, 100 or so, sometimes 200 on longer runs. And then I have kids, too, and they play. They're younger than Rob's, but not by much. And they enjoy playing with me when we go out. And I'm like, oh, kids, let's take over this gym real quick. And oh, the kids love the gyms. Yes, yeah, yeah for love sure. Love the gyms. For sure. Oh, that's too cute. So that's why I keep playing. It's just a fun, easy game for the family and for me. And I try to teach others how to play, too, when they are new to the game. I like the community. So just being able to play with everybody that we do in our group. And it's always funny. I, I remember the early days of Go when you would drive around and you could just look at people parked at a spot. And I'm like, they're doing a raid. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I know. Great. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeping it real. Yeah, I know. No, uh, but... It, it's fun to, that bit of community and and my son he's little but he started to play too he always wants to catch guys so <laughs> we do that and then the other thing i like is submitting stops i like mm -hmm. to just see them build up and you know we kind of strategize oh we're going to do one here now we're going to do one here now mm -hmm. and we kind of work together to coordinate that for me so the community is a big one right so really involved with the youth at church so we're on group me and it's been fun because a lot of those raids they're they're getting up there that you know you need half a dozen people really to be able to lean on it and finish so i'm able to go to a park take my kids and kick out a, a group me and say all right guys here's the deal I need like four or five heavy hitters so that my kids can get through this. And without fail, getting that, it takes about five minutes for people to peel away from what they're doing. And so it's it's been fun to see the, the sense of community. Honestly, my kids keep me pretty involved in it. It's what keeps me driven to keep playing. Now, all y'all go to the same church, right? Uh-huh. Yep. So do y'all do like a Pokemon Go night for churches for all the people who play? No, we don't do it as adults, but I know the kids do that. Like, they'll get in with some other families. They'll all go for one of the community days. Or I was talking to one of the kids. He said he walked nine miles one wow, community geez. day. Yeah. And so they'll all pile into a van and go to a downtown area where there's heavy amount of stops, and they'll all go together. So And walk. Yeah. yeah. Or go start knocking out my gyms, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, a lot of the events are Sunday noonish afternoon and so it's not uncommon to see okay after church we're gonna meet at this park 
And so, you, you know, the, there's the exodus to that location. We all jump out and run through what's going on. Get some Jesus in the morning and then go catch Pikachu in the afternoon. I like there it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we were actually joking. I think on Easter, we went to church on Easter, of course. And then after that, some of us were like, well, should we really go play Pokemon Go? You know, is it, you know, is it sort of keeping? And it sounds like we're literally going yeah, to hatch yeah. some eggs and take over other gyms that are you know, currently have eggs. So it's like. It was like a very conflicting because you felt like Easter should be all about Jesus the entire day, right? And then right. all of a sudden, like, uh, I kind of want to play Pokemon Go at the same time. Yeah, that's true. You just take the family with you. Yeah, it's a family fun thing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Before Pokemon Go, did y'all have any experience with Pokemon? I played on the Switch. Well, I played Game Boy back in the day. Yeah, same. And then I went on a pretty good gap and then started playing again on the Switch. I played on the Game Boy on a flight to Hawaii. I remember that specifically. I played the, what was the original one? It was like <laughs> Red uh, Blue. Red and Blue. Red yeah, I played Blue. Blue. And then all of my knowledge between that and Pokemon Go was in Smash Brothers. In Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the tattoo yeah. does. Yep. <laughs> good, old, good old Pikachu. That's funny. Pika, Pika. Okay, yeah, dropping lightning bolts. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think for me, I'm probably a little more astute with Pokemon. I've kept up with all the games from the original Game Boy ones. Started on Game Boy Color. That was the Pokemon Yellow, and then Game Boy Advanced with Emerald and you know Ruby Sapphire. And then I had a DS that had Diamond and Pearl. And then I think I got X and Y after that, and Black and White. I had the cards growing up when I was in middle school. I had a bunch of cards. I have no idea where they are now, but I, every time I see someone post like, oh, this card's worth a hundred bucks. Like, I had that card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then with my kids, the TV shows are very kid friendly. So those are some of their favorite TV shows. So I've kept up and watched all the new ones that come on Netflix now. And so whenever there's a new Pokemon released in Pokemon Go and someone like mispronounces it, like, no, it's pronounced this. <laughs> this is the way they say it in the show. <laughs> so what's y'all's favorite Pokemon? Tyranitar all the way. I'm a junkie for the fire. Every time I played, it was like, didn't need any of that water or grass type stuff. <laughs> Give me something that can throw a fireball and I'm good. <laughs> so you'd be the fire gym leader, basically. Oh, man. Me and Cyndaquil, we were great friends. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. You say that when growing up, remember the first Pokemon I ever chose in Pokemon Red and Blue? I chose Bulbasaur. So it yeah. always just said Bulbasaur yes. is my favorite up to Venusaur. <laughs> so that was probably my go-to in, in picking anything that's probably my favorite quote Pokemon. So what got y'all into Wayfair? Like, why do y'all decide to do Wayfair? Well, I think for me, when I got to the point where I could start submitting stops, and I was like, oh, this seems like a good way. You know, once you review so many stops, you can upgrade your nomination. So I thought this was a good way to get my nominations to pass quicker. And then I sort of noticed that when Jeff would submit a stop, every now and then I would see his come up. Like, I thought, okay, cool. Let me just five-star Jeff's, of course. <laughs> yeah, even if it's a picture out of the car or, you know, oh. with his finger in the way or something. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. Stops in our neighborhood. So I thought it was just a good way to continue creating our stops around our neighborhood, essentially. I loved it in Ingress, being able to submit stops. And I've got a ton that got approved. And I loved just seeing it keep building. You know, every time you get that approval, you're just like, yeah, all yeah. right. You know, there's a new place to go. So I was actually chomping at the bit. What was it, level 38 you have to be? I think yes. you got it. Ooh, it had to be 40 at the time. But I think no, now it's 30. It was, Is it well, 30? for me, it was 38. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I couldn't wait to get to level 38 so I could start doing it again. And that's the reason I got on and then Wayfair, I got on because I could start upgrading stops. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. 
that was kind of the motivation there to, and yeah, again, I saw, you know, stops nearby that it was fun to go approve those and just keep seeing it build up and up. And just for an example, our neighborhood had what, two gyms and two stops, like at the start of COVID. And now we've got seven or eight gyms and 10 or 12 stops, probably six more on the way. Yeah, for sure. Oh, wow. Thanks. You've been putting in work for this basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, been a lot of fun. Oh, it's nice to drive through their neighborhood. <laughs> you can fill your bag really easy. <laughs> we all live really close to each other in general, but Jeff and I live within walking distance, and Rob mm-hmm. just on the other side of the major road from us, so he's not too far. You know when it alters your drive route home, then they've done a good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have seen more and more folks whose names I don't know attack our gyms or, yeah. or add to our gyms. Like, who is this guy? I don't know him taking over my gym. Thank you, but <laughs> who is this? Well, very cool, guys. So my last question is this. So if y'all could change something about Wayfair, if y'all can improve it, what would that be? Like, what would y'all tell Niantic to try to change? I guess the ability to have upgrades quicker. I feel like it often takes a whole lot of approvals to get it up there. Like it feels very lopsided. I've submitted some and they just sit there for months. And then another, like sometimes I'll submit a stop and I understand it's because there's really heavy cell phone traffic in the area and there's no stops and all of a sudden it'll get approved in six days. It's kind of strange that way. So maybe explaining that, why some get approved so fast and some just sit there for a long time. Yeah, a little more transparency. Because even on the forums and the Facebook group, there's some direction and guidelines and some hard rules for sure, but still it's a little bit of guesswork. Well, guys, thank you for the work y'all have done for helping bless this trainer with a Pokestop. And maybe for us as Wayfarers, maybe we need to cause and pause a little bit and think about the humanity behind the screen, right? There's people who don't have as much. And as you said with the kid, he got into a car accident and he can't move around. I think there's some wiggle room. I think hopefully this episode shows that we need to maybe look behind the screen, look beyond just coal, look beyond just rejection, and look at the possibility that maybe there's a trainer just like this little kid just now that we're maybe missing. Thank you for listening to another episode of As the Pokeball Turns. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Feel free to follow me on all my socials by clicking the link in the description of this episode, and I'll see you next time. Here's a sneak peek for the next episode of As the Pokeball Turns. Yeah, for sure. I just remember growing up watching that anime and just uh, the first encounter when Ash meets a Scyther and uh, just the, I don't know, like growing up as a kid too, like I was really big on uh, um, the different insects and collecting bugs. And so I feel like I'm more of like a, a bug trainer deep down. So uh, Scyther just like visually way more appealing, really attractive. I like the evolution with uh, Sizer and now Cleaver. So